You're listening to Destination Country X, a KPMG tax radio podcast series. We cover key U.S. and foreign tax and trade developments that affect cross-border investment. I'm your host, Kim Major, a principal with Washington National Tax and tax industry lead for U.S. international corridors. We're glad you could join us. Enjoy the program. It seems like just yesterday that we were talking about broad-reaching Brazilian tax reform, which didn't work out. But between then and now, we've had announcements about transfer pricing reform that look highly likely to move forward. And now we're facing more proposed changes that, possibly because of their relatively narrow scope, also look to have legs. Joining me to discuss are Courtney Wallace, my co-host and international tax principal from our Detroit office, and Marcos Matsunaga, managing partner for FCAM the Brazil representative in KPMG's Global Legal Services Network. Thanks, Kim. And thank you, Marcos, for joining us. It seems like we've got a lot of movement happening, but maybe not what we expected. All right. So, Marcos, there's so much going on in Brazil, obviously a very important jurisdiction for all kinds of reasons, huge jurisdiction non-treaty jurisdiction. So we have just gotten through the initial shock of having transfer pricing reform on the hopefully near horizon, but there are additional changes that are coming down the pipe, right? Yes, Ken. There are changes that are being discussed, not yet proposed. As you know, in Brazil, we don't tax dividends. Uh, we have, have an exemption for dividends payment. And the whole idea is to reduce the corporate income tax rate and start having this taxation on dividend remittance. The idea is to have like a 15% rate on the dividends and reduce the corporate income rate for maybe around 25, something around that. But we really don't have at this point a clear vision on how the rates are going to be. But it's very, very likely that Maybe by the beginning of next year, we're going to start taxing dividends. So it was not too long ago that we were talking about the possibility of Brazilian tax reform, not the transfer pricing reform, but even prior to that, and a change to a 20% dividend withholding rate on a statutory basis. But that didn't happen. Yes, Kim. Uh, I would say that the income tax reform in Brazil was just postponed because of the economic and political situation of last year. So it was just postponed and for probably this year or next year. In any case, for changes in the income tax regulation, it should be approved this year to become effective next year. So we have a kind of a constitutional principle in Brazil that doesn't allow a change especially in the rates of the income tax to become effective in the same year that it is approved in the Congress. It had to pass a year, not an entire year, but just can be enforced in the beginning of the the following year, which was approved. Marco, so I know it's a little bit of looking into your crystal ball, but can you give us a little bit of a sense of what we think the likelihood of success might be on getting things through? Yeah, <laughs> this is a, a, a very. No, I know, I know. It's a guess. Right? Seventy million dollar <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I would say that there are good chance of being approval 
but it is very difficult to say exactly how it's gonna be amended or changed in the whole process. As we had this year also, not only the presidential election, but also the Congress election, there is a real change in the political force. But I would say that as both candidates support the idea, I would say the backbone of the idea of changing the way the income tax taxation works in Brazil, of course, there will be support from both sides in the Congress as well. So I think the likelihood of having this main change approved is high, but what is really uncertain right now is the details of the bill. So if it's going to be in force since the beginning of the next year or not, if how will be the details regarding the rates, you know. Okay, thinking about that constitutional issue, does that mean that you would think that the dividend distributions that happen as of January 1st, 23 or after would be hit with perspective rate changes? And and does that apply regardless of when you earned the underlying earnings and profits that are getting distributed? Or are we talking about distributions of earnings that accrue on or after January 1st of 23? This is a great question, and I really don't have the answer for that. My guess, we had like maybe five, six years ago, a view of law that were in the same direction that we have now of taxing. In that time was not dividends, but was we had some categories of funds that had an exemption for profit distribution. And back then, the whole idea was to tax the amount that was distributed regardless when it was earned. Mm -hmm. So in case they follow the same path, which in my opinion is what's going to happen, but really don't know, Uh, Mm -hmm. they will tax dividends on the distribution regardless when you earn those profits. I guess the bottom line is you have a few months if you have significant retained earnings to distribute now, (laughs) like ahead of the changes, right? Yeah, we have a very, very narrow window for distributing dividends without having a risk of being taxed next year. It is very unclear when they're going to be able to pass the law, if the law is going to give a kind of grandfather period or not if it's gonna just tax the new profits. Everything is unclear, but if you want to avoid any risk of having your dividend taxed, for sure you have a a narrow window up to December 31st to have your dividend distributed, for sure. I think that feels like a game changer, right? We've got to get it done and do it now. It seems like there's no downside if we're in this kind of do no harm view of the world, right? I guess the only question though on that is if you actually need the cash, like whether if you had like a circular flow, what the likelihood would be that that circular flow would be 
not amusing to the Brazilian tax authorities? And uh, I would say, uh, as a lawyer, I would say it depends. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if you are thinking about taking a loan or taking something from your shareholders, some money from your shareholders in order to pay the dividends, you, you might have a risk of having interest deduction on the loan, you know, challenged by tax authorities in general. There might be some options to be explored. You know, this is an idea that should be exploring details. And I guess if you were going to do it circularly anyway, you might as well just distribute a note to the shareholders. Yeah. yeah. And we had also been talking about maybe IP strip outs or <laughs> removal of assets from Brazil on a tax efficient basis prior to transfer pricing form just because having assets in Brazil and taking inbound payments from related parties may become more expensive in the near future. So I guess if you can do that as a return of capital, you can do that and it doesn't matter, right? Can you designate if you have earnings and you have kind of an invested basis in your shares, can you designate whether a distribution is out of earnings versus a return of capital? Or do you have to burn through earnings to get to the capital amount? Like we have to do the earnings first. And then once you have no earnings and profits, then you get to reduce your capital because that's a non-taxable distribution. But do you have ordering rules like that? You don't necessarily need to distribute first and then, you know, reduce the capital. But you have to demonstrate that you have an excessive capital in order to reduce it. So this is the main requirement of the law. You probably can't do that hand in hand with shareholder loans. <laughs> that would get you more operational funding. Okay. Yeah. It is interesting though, right? Because I haven't had to worry about it from a Brazilian perspective because there wasn't any dividend withholding tax to otherwise be avoiding. Be interesting if there's anything that comes in with the rules that says, now I do care, right? Whether I have a dividend or not, or do I have capital to pull it out? Maybe that might be something we have to look out for. And just one thing to add here, you also can pay dividends, not only in cash, but also with assets. So in case we're thinking about taking tangibles from Brazil before the change of transfer and pricing rules, you can pay your dividends not only in cash, but also with the intangibles. Yeah, if I remember correctly, like Roberto had said that you're carrying your intangibles at book and not fair market value. Maybe if you're doing that, you could make significant distributions without triggering gain. Yeah, definitely. I would like to point out a special situation here, Ken, which may affect some U.S. companies that have operations here in Brazil. And this situation regarding dividends may be uh, special concerns in some situations, especially for those companies in Brazil which have state tax incentives. For those companies, they have a potential possibility of distributing this reserve that they have, and they have to have what they call uh, tax incentives reserves. And there was a decision from the Superior Court of Justice in Brazil 
which basically allowed them to distribute those reserves without being taxed. So for some industries, this may have a huge impact on the amount of dividends they can distribute. So for those companies in special, this window of paying dividends without being taxed and being able to distribute the reserves that they have may be a great opportunity. So this is something that I would like to highlight. Okay. And how would the presidential elections then impact transfer pricing reforms? I'm not quite sure if the presidential election doesn't matter really who's going to win, because I think tax authorities, it seems that they're going to present this new regulation anyway. It's not just really a candidate problem, but it's a national problem. So this is something that Brazil is applying as a country in whole. I, I believe that both candidates support the idea of changing the transfer pricing rule as it is a mandatory requirement for ascending to OECD. So another area Kim, that it is important is the new possibility of settling debts, tax debts in Brazil with use of non-operational losses. Yeah. All right. So let's explore that a little bit. So do you normally have a net operating loss carry forward? And if so, do you have any restrictions on the NOL carry forward? Uh, no restrictions in terms of carrying forward each year. So you can carry forward regardless how many years you have to carry forward, but you just can use 30% each year. Kind of like our rules. And we see more and more jurisdictions going that way. But you noted that you can now use them to settle tax liabilities. Yeah. In Brazil, in general, our dispute resolution system have never really allowed taxpayers to settle with tax authorities. We didn't have this real option. What we had in the past was like some broad settlement programs. So, for instance, what we call here in Brazil, refis. So the federal government used to issue from time to time these big settlement programs with there. You could, once you fulfill the requirements, you could apply for it and settle your tax debts with discounts on penalties, interest rates, and sometimes using your net operational losses. Mm-hmm. And now it's has been regulated by federal tax authorities is on not a special program, but in a regular basis uh, is not for everyone. You have to fulfill also some requirements, but now companies can use net operational losses to settle tax debts under disputes. This is the main point of the law. So it's not a general tax liability program, but for cases under dispute, you can use your losses to settle that. I guess that makes sense because then you wouldn't be able to kind of on the back end fund beyond the 30% limitation offset. That makes a lot of sense. And also, Ken, you don't necessarily need to use your own net operational losses, but also you can use NOLs from the same group 
of company. So this is an also an interest possibility. So you are able to use other company losses to offset your own debt. Yeah, Marcos, does this apply to VAT and other taxes as well, or is this just the income tax? This is for all federal taxes. So not only income tax, but the federal VAT that we have called P's and COFINs, IPI, and other federal taxes, we can use this possibility right now. Wow. So that that seems very valuable, right, Kim? That seems unusual. That's huge, particularly if you're looking ahead and thinking, oh, we're going to have a lot of fights about transfer pricing. We're going to have a lot of disputes about, you know, valuation of assets. Anytime you have this big, significant transition to increase your tax rate on everything, that becomes very valuable. One thing that's Mm -hmm. also important to point out here, this settlement program, it is not the ones that we had in the past, which were very broad and applicable for everyone. This one is kind of making individual basis. So you have to enter into a negotiation with tax authorities and they will kind of analyze your own situation. I mean, the economic profile of the company, the whole situation of the company, and you have to kind of negotiate with tax authorities. It is not something that you have to take for granted. That's a good point. Otherwise, that would probably be a step backwards in terms of taxpayer behavior. But if you have correlative adjustments under a transfer pricing regime going forward, sometimes you get adjustments that are deemed dividends. Does the shareholder withholding also get potentially offset by your NOLs? Or on the other hand, does the tax authority say, you know what, that's a shareholder level liability. So we're not going to let you settle up with a corporate level tax attribute. Yeah. Hard to say right now because we don't have the rules in place. But my first impression is that you will not be able to offset the shareholders liability on that. Because as I said, the provision for use of NOLs is it's a broad one, so you can use NOLs not only from the legal entity, but the whole economic group. So there might be a possibility uh, that the shareholder liability might be considered part of the economic group as well. Okay. So with the change in the transfer pricing rules, to become more subjective, we probably are going to see really high increase in the amounts of transfer pricing cases. So there are seven different proposals of changes in Brazilian tax dispute system. Most of them related to the introduction of alternative dispute resolution mechanisms like arbitration and mediation. And this seven proposals kind of dialogue with this potential situation that we're going to have. So the whole idea is to also provide to the Brazilian dispute system new mechanisms and, and flexibility to also deal with this transfer pricing rules change scenario. Yeah. 
I guess, as a taxpayer, you'd have to do quite a bit of scenario planning to decide which of your avenues is going to be most beneficial, not in terms of just resolution, but in terms of timing and cost, whether you pay the taxes up front and you're looking for a refund or whether you don't pay up front and you're looking at your statutory interest rate chalking up because cash flow and cash concerns, at least when we're looking at choice of forum here in the United States, the big deal. And I'm sure that's going to be part of the scenario modeling in Brazil if these proposals go forward too. Yeah. Those disputes would count as having liabilities in dispute for purposes of the NOL offset, should you want to petition for that. Is that right? Those changes, potential changes, are related to the whole process of dispute resolution in Brazil. So it may encompass not only federal tax, but also all level of taxation in Brazil, because some of the changes are related to the national law that governs the dispute resolution system in Brazil. So it might affect not only federal tax, but state and local tax as well. Mm. But as long as you have a federal level tax, there's no difference between going for arbitration versus going to a court for purposes of an NOL offset. So far, we don't have this alternative right now because we don't have an arbitration procedure or a mediation procedure in Brazil. So the only way to challenge tax authorities' position in any way is to go through the dispute system in the administrative or judicial courts. But let's see how it's going to change. Okay, so a lot going on. And while Brazilian reform may have been a stop and start kind of thing in the past, the targeted nature of these changes gives this time around quite a different feel. We'll keep you posted. And until then, be good. Stay well. We'll speak again soon. You've been listening to Destination Country X. Thanks so much for tuning in. We look forward to speaking to you next time.